Aggie. It's a day in the life of Aggie. Yeah, yeah. It's a day in the life of Aggie. Yo, yo, what is up, everybody? You are listening to another episode in the day in the life of Augie. This is your host, the one and only Michael Ogbonna. And uh, I just want to thank everybody. Like always, thank you for listening. I mean, I don't know why you listen, but I appreciate it. Uh, I thank you um, for just coming back every week. Sorry for the inconsistency, but you can guarantee that I will post at least once a week. And I'm actually recording a video right now, so um, if you want to see an actual video, I think I may open like a YouTube channel or put it on my Instagram or whatever, so um, stay tuned for that. I know people like to see me, you know, instead of just hearing my annoying voice, but anyways, today, um, you know, I just want to talk about uh, some things that I took from the fall of man, which is like the first three um, chapters of Genesis. You know, usually like in the beginning of the year, everyone is doing like their reading plan or whatever. And they usually start like reading Genesis or and they start with Matthew and the New Testament. And so uh, this year, you know, I just uh, I've been reading it, uh, you know, carefully. And I just took some thoughts from it that I thought were pretty interesting. And I think that it'll help everyone that listens. So it shouldn't be a long, but uh, I just want you all to think with me and, and, and let's see what we can learn from these from the first sin. You know, the reason that we're all born into sin is because of this exact sin that happened in in Genesis 3. And so we can learn a lot from the first sin and learn from, you know, their mistake and how we can, uh, you know, how how we can uh, learn from it anyways. But anyway, so, yeah, so the first thing that I took from it is um, when God created man, he said he created man in the image and likeness of God. It says in... um, Genesis 1:27 So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. So we are created in the image of God. No other part of God's creation was created in his image. And if you keep reading and you get to where um you know they started having Adam and Eve started having kids like Cain and Abel, it says that Adam and Eve had a kid named Abel and Cain, and they were in after their own image. Like, they had kids after their own image. So what does that mean? It's easier related to something in real life. Like, I look a lot like my dad. And I look like, well, people say I look more like my mom, but, you know, I look, I resemble my parents. That's the point. And so when it says that we were created in the image of God, that means we resemble God. We resemble God. And so that's pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, we weren't, we're not, we're, we're not like animals. Animals were not created in the image of God. And so we are set apart. We are special. We are, we are the creation that God said, this is very good. Everything else he said was good. But when he created man and he looked at man, he said, this is very good. And so you are very special to God. And he spent very precious time creating you. And so you should just remember that you have a purpose in life and, and God loves you and, and you were not an accident. That God, before he formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you. And so that's crazy to think about. And that it'll take your whole life to really understand that, you know. But uh, another thing is that this says that God created man from the dust of the ground. 
And then it says, she breathed the breath of life into him and man became a living being. So what does that mean? Like we, we were never meant to live without the spirit of God. You know what I'm saying? And so God never intended us to live outside of his presence. God never intended us to live in sin. God never intended us to live in, in, in this corrupt world. That all came as a result of sin. You know, and so and likewise, we can't expect to live in this world without the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us and guiding us, you know, because we were never meant to before we before, you know, if you if you're not saved before before I was saved or before we were saved, like we were really lost and dead in this world. We didn't know where we were going. It's only when we connected to our creator that we suddenly had purpose in life and we understood why, you know, that there was something more to our life, that we weren't just an accident. And so it's because we were never created to live without the spirit of God. And it's amazing how when you when you connect with God and you give your life over to him, your whole life just starts to make sense and you have a purpose. And so we should understand the necessity of um, being born again and, and being filled with the spirit of God. You know, it's really how we were created to live. But um, I thought that was interesting. And uh, I also thought it was interesting that God created um, the first command that God gave Adam in Genesis one twenty eight. He said, so God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God blessed man and he, God commanded man. He commanded Adam. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And so God has, um, has always had in mind for us to just be fruitful and bear fruit and multiply and just grow. So you should always see, you should always try and go like to the next level in your life. You should never like stagnate or, you know, feel like you've made it. There's always another level for you to go. And uh, that's how God created us. That's why, like, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to retire. I'm not against retiring, but it's crazy how you hear stuff about how when people retire after about like three months of it, they're just like ready to get back into doing something because they're just so bored. I don't think we were ever created to just sit and just be idle. We were created to keep growing and being fruitful and multiply. And so, you know, that's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, so he commanded Adam to be fruitful and multiply. And then also I thought this was pretty interesting too. Um, In Genesis 2.15, it said, I have my Bible right here, by the way. I don't know if you can see it, but I'm reading some scriptures and I have my notes. Um, but in Genesis two fifteen, it says that the that the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. And so I thought that was interesting because it says that God told Adam to work on the, on the garden. And this was before he got married to Adam or to Eve before God created Eve for him. And so obviously it's kind of saying like, God, you know, before you go looking for a wife or you before you find a mate, you want to have a job. God, God expects you to work. You know what I'm saying? You should have a job before you start, you know, wanting to get married and stuff so you can support your, your significant other, your spouse. And so I just thought that was interesting, you know, um, that God told Adam to work on the garden, literally take care of it. And that was his first job, essentially, you know, um, but anyways. And then, so this was the command that God gave Adam. 
Um, it was in Genesis 2, 15 through 16. He said, the Lord commanded Adam, the man, he said, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Literally, God made a whole garden. He said, you can eat from any tree that you want. But he said, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just one tree. Just don't eat from this one tree. For when you do, you will certainly die. That's what God commanded. He said, look, you can eat from every tree in this whole garden. I got the whole world for you, bro. Just this one tree, don't eat from it. Because when you eat from it, he told you, he, did, he, he gave a command and he said what would happen if he disobeyed it. He said, if you eat it, you're going to die. And it wasn't like die physically. What he was talking about was spiritually die. Because we know that because when he actually ate the fruit, he didn't just drop dead. But their, their their spirit was killed because then immediately they were like they thought they I'll talk about it later but if you've read it you understand what I'm saying um so yeah so that was the command that God gave Adam he told him you can eat of everything but just don't eat of this one tree and um so yeah that was interesting and so I I, always, I wrote some notes from that command that God always requires a portion for himself you know, and so God, you know, God always requires a portion. He never allows us to have everything. You know, thankfully, he obviously everything that we have comes from him anyway. So the fact that he gives us 90 percent is is a blessing in, in and of itself. But like, you know, there's always a portion that belongs to the Lord, because whether it's like your tithe, you know, your 10 percent of your, your paycheck or just anything, you know, you always want. God always requires a portion of it. And um, I mean, it, all of it is his anyway. So the fact that he's lending us 90% is just amazing and, and just so, shows how much he loves us. And then I also wrote that God didn't make the command to keep from Adam. He didn't make the command to keep from Adam. He He made the command to protect Adam because once Adam broke that Broke And once he disobeyed that command, like everything went haywire in his life. So it wasn't like God was telling him not to to do that, to keep the fun out of life. No, he was doing it to protect him. And that's the same with us today. Like the commands in the Bible, he's not just, he's not like giving us and telling us to do certain things and not do certain things because he's a, he, he wants to take the fun out of life. He is the author of life. He made us and he created this earth he knows what's going to work and what's not going to work and so when he commands you got to understand that it's for our benefit everything that he has written in this book for us is for our benefit and understanding that will be you know it's key uh, i'm gonna be i'm almost done but uh yeah so i wrote down in the presence of god there's no shame these are just random things that i took from um reading that I took from reading um, the first three chapters of Genesis. Um, and so in, in Genesis 2.25, which is the last verse of the second chapter, it says, Adam and Eve were both naked and they felt no shame. So, I mean, I don't know if we could do that today, but I mean, obviously we can't do that today, but literally they were naked and they didn't, they didn't have any shame. And, uh, you know, in the presence of God, there's no shame. There's no condemnation. There's there's freedom. There's liberty. That's how it is. And it, it says that in the, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 
And so that's how God originally intended us to live free. And I mean, honestly, the thing is, Jesus came to reverse and bring us back to how Adam and Eve lived before they sinned. That's the whole reason why Jesus came was to bring us back to that place, to bring us back to that freedom, that liberty, that that no shame, no guilt, no condemnation. So um, that's why we accept Jesus into our heart. And, um, you know, he washes us clean and he, he gives us a brand new start. That's the whole reason why Jesus came. And it's amazing. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to finish up real quick. But um, we're now we're going to move into the fall when Adam and Eve sinned, when the, the, the devil tempted him. And so it starts in chapter three, if you ever want to read it yourself. And, you know, so obviously I read the command how God said that you can God told Adam and Eve, you can eat from any tree in the garden, but just don't eat from this one tree. And so now this the devil came like as a serpent and he came to talk to Eve. And and he said, um, this is the first thing that he said to Eve. He said, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So what does that say? God. So. So the devil came to kind of get Eve to question what God clearly said. God clearly said, you can eat from any tree in the garden, just not this one tree. And so the devil comes and is like, oh, did God really say, oh, that you can eat, you can eat from any tree in the garden? And so the woman or Eve replied and she's like, yeah, God said we may eat from the trees in the garden. But God said, you must not eat from the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. So she, she knew what God said and she repeated it back to the devil. But what did the devil say next? The devil said, you will not certainly die. So what did God say? God said, if you eat this, when you eat this, you will surely die. And then the devil said, you will not surely die. It's like he's saying the opposite. You know what I'm saying? That's what he does. He, he he gets you to question the Bible. He gets you to think, you know, he says the opposite of the word of God and he causes you to doubt it. That's how he gets you. And so, you know, the first the first sin was God was the devil deceiving Eve into disobeying the clear command of God. And so, you know, we, we cannot be deceived by by false false thoughts about what God is saying or misunderstandings. We we can't let the devil get us to think certain things that aren't true. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people think that like, oh, um, God, we don't we don't want to we don't want to give our lives to God because he's going to we don't we don't want to give up this amazing life that we're living. But in all reality, your life is not amazing. <laughs> your life is trash. Like, I'm not going to be blunt. Your life is trash. And it's just like the devil gets you to think that you're living this great life, but really you're low, you're sad, you're you're depressed. You, you know you don't have any joy. Yeah, you may be like successful and rich, but deep down you know like that when you fall asleep at night, it's just like you realize it's not. Is there something more? And it's because there is something more. And, and the Bible says that if Jesus said that if you if you want to keep your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will find it. So giving your life to Jesus isn't a step down. It's a step up. You understand what I'm saying, man? Like he's not trying to take the fun out of life. He's trying to give you life. Anyways. And so the devil is always trying to make you question the word of God. I'm about to finish. I'm sorry. And so, um, 
And so the next thing, so once, once um, the devil said that, he said, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat from the tree, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. So the devil told Eve, you're like, look, you're not going to die. If you ju he's just telling you not to eat it because when you eat it, you're going to be, you're going to have, you know, be like God. And so the devil told Eve that she was going to be like God, but they were already like God. So the devil tried to tell Eve that she would be, she would be something that she already was, you know what I'm saying? It's complete deception. It's complete deception. And the devil's been doing that since the, the, the brother was created. He's been, I mean, he was an angel and then he, he just, he got cast out of heaven and he took a third of the angels with him. He deceived a third of the angels to come with him. He's been deceiving people from the beginning. And Paul said that we are not ignorant of his schemes. We're not ignorant. So, you you know, you don't glorify the devil, but you you understand how he works and, and how he wants to destroy your life. And, and you know, you, you make appropriate accommodations like you understand what I'm saying. So anyways, and then I, when I, when I, when Eve saw when after the the devil told her that Eve started looking at the tree and she was like, oh, man, that does look that tree does look good. That tree, oh man, that thing probably tastes good. Let me get a bite of that. And she ate it. And then she passed it to Adam like a chump, bro. Like Adam was like just standing there like <laughs> But um, you know, it's amazing how the devil got Adam and Eve to focus on the one thing that they didn't have compared to everything else that they had in the garden. They had every tree in the garden. But the devil got them to focus on the one thing that they didn't have and they couldn't have. That's what the devil does today. Look, his tricks are not new. He does the same thing over and over. And we can learn a lot from the fall of man, you know what I'm saying? But the good news is God always has a solution. Even in the beginning, God had a solution um to the to the sin that was committed. And so um just always know that God always has the final say. No matter how bad it looks, you know, God always has a final say. And I also want to encourage you, I'm going to end with this. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, all of a sudden their eyes were open and they noticed that they were naked and they started to hide and cover themselves. And then they heard God coming, so they, they ran and hid. And when God came and he didn't see them where they normally were, because um, they always saw God, God always saw them every day um, at a certain time. And God came and was like, where are you guys? And... Adam was like, we're, we're, we hid, we heard you come in, we hid because we were afraid and, and cause we're naked. And God was like, how did you know you were naked? And so the, the immediate thing that happens when you, when you're in sin is, um, you know, you feel like, uh, you need to hide from God. You need to run away from God. That's just a natural tendency. You feel ashamed and you feel like God, you know, doesn't love you. But that's the exact opposite. God actually is looking for you. That's why he came to Adam and Eve and was like, where are you? He's always looking for you no matter what. And so the time to come close to, to there's never a, you never should run away from God, even when you're in sin. That's actually the time to come near to God because he loves you. And, and, and even though you may have fallen short, he loves you and he'll forgive you that he's merciful. And obviously he wants to wants you to change. He doesn't want you to keep doing that. But never run away from God in your shame. And never be, you know, never 
get to the point where, oh, I don't want to go to church because I'm I'm just not living right. I don't want to do like that's the best time to come to church because the Lord will tell you and remind you how much he loves you. And when you when you realize how much he loves you and how much, you know, he did for you to, you know, to have a relationship with him, you know, all you'll realize, like, it's not worth it living in the world anymore. It's not worth it living without purpose and without, you know, a destiny. But it's your whole life. Your whole life was created. You were literally created to know God and to know him more and more and to fulfill the plans that he has for your life. And he loves you so much, you know. And so um, I would encourage you, like, if you're listening to this and you don't not really sure about your relationship with God, or you want to make it right, and you realize, hey, I have been running from God. You know, maybe you grew up in church, and then you kind of fell back, fell into sin, and you're, like, too ashamed to come back. I would encourage you just to go to church this Sunday, for real. And um, I would encourage you just to make things right with the Lord. He loves you. He's not, he's not, like, he's not, uh, he's not mad at you or whatever. He wants you to come to him. He says, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. So when you make a decision to draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And I want to encourage you if you're listening and, you know, you fit into those categories, whether you never you've never known the Lord or, you know, you've known him when you were younger, but you fell away. I want to encourage you to come back. It's okay. He loves you. He loves you. He's waiting for you, literally. And he's looking for you. So um, just uh, put yourself in a position for him to to touch you again. So I would go to church this Sunday if I were you. But anyways, hey, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it was kind of long, but uh, thank you for listening. And uh, share this if it helped you share this. And um, I'm about to go to work. So I'll, I'll talk to you all next week. Y'all have a good one, okay? It's a day in the life of Augie. It's a day in the life of Augie.